0: I could work from anywhere in the world and my clients would not have a clue where I am and I could be just as productive. So it's a very good lifestyle business and you're having really huge effect because small business, it's the engine of the economy and you're helping all of them make better decisions and grow their businesses in a way, I like to say that they're growing profits that will last because they're not gonna be taken away from them by predator creditors. You will begin to love your 9-to-5 with this show. Join us as we explore and discover your unique strengths and learn to apply them to your daily business activities with your host, Shmuel Septimus.
1: Welcome to this episode of the Love Your 9-to-5 show. Thank you again for joining us on this episode. My guest today is Scott Reeb. Scott is America's legal coach, and Scott, like I mentioned to you before we started, I honestly did not have enough chance, enough time to prepare for this, so why don't you just tell us, let's jump right into this. Why do let us know, I usually like to start off, and as my listeners and myself, we don't know who you are yet. Do you mind telling us a little bit, the short version of your life so far, and as a tall order, uh, personally, and how it led you to becoming America's legal coach.
0: Sure, thanks for very much for having me on and it's a real pleasure. My life started in the Philippines. I was born there when my dad was in the Navy. They quickly got me back to the States and I grew up in Oklahoma in the Tulsa area. Okay. All the way through high school. Went to college in Missouri at Southwest Baptist University, go Bearcats. Got my business degree in marketing and administration from there then i went into sales with for a major telecom carrier in 91 when i got out and the economy was pretty bad at that point in time and i wanted to do marketing and advertising was my passion those jobs didn't exist so it was sales and so i ended up selling phone systems and phone system add-ons and those kinds of things as an independent agent so i had my own business at 20 three, selling these phone things, and discovered in the system of this telecom carrier that I could print out a report of all of the expiring warranties. You know, if you buy a big phone system, at least back then, you buy these extended warranties, usually they're four years. Well, I could figure out when they were expiring, I could print out a report, and then it would print out new proposals for them to renew those. I then started mailing those out to those companies that over half of them came back in, signed, and they renewed. And then I started following up by phone, another 25% would come in and over time it would trickle in. I ended up about 80% of all the renewals were coming in and they were paying me on the annualized premium, of uh, 20% of the annualized premium. So, I mean, now it doesn't seem like a lot of money, but then it seemed like a lot of money and I was making it from my dining room table. We got a new manager at that division they loved what I was doing, but decided that they could pay someone minimum wage to do it, took it away from me, took me out of my territory in Tulsa, the metropolitan area, and Southeast Oklahoma, which is almost Arkansas, in an area that I don't think they had phones. I mean, they may have seen a phone, but they didn't have phone. For me to go say, hey, you should add a voicemail system to your phone, or you should... It was not going to work. And so... They breached my agreement and I decided then I wasn't going to be taken advantage of again. And so I decided to apply to law school, went to the University of Oklahoma in the fall of 93. Three years later, I graduate. I'm now a lawyer, moved to Texas, take the state of Texas bar exam, a three-day exam. Passed it my first time and started doing litigation, which I thought would be really fun. And so I'm doing corporate litigation in Sherman, Texas, in the federal courts, talking to engineers about all these digital things. It was so boring. I wasn't helping anybody. I mean, I guess somewhere down the line I was, but I didn't feel like I was. And so I was pretty disillusioned. It was not what I expected. So I started working with small business owners a few years later. That was much more fulfilling, doing smaller litigation where I was really dealing with people. And that morphed into eventually that I had a business problem. I had my own law firm. I had business clients that were using me for litigation, but they weren't coming to see me until their house was on fire. And then it's, Scott, put this out, whatever you have to do, make this go away. Mm-hmm. You'd make it go away, but it'd be super expensive to do that because of how they'd messed up. And then at the end, even when we won, they weren't very happy with us because it cost so much money. So then they wouldn't call us again. They'd make another mistake. I guess they, you know, they had a legal question. They would flip a coin, ask Google or Alexa, and make a decision and just hope for the best. Well, that almost never worked out. And so then they were back in trouble. And I decided I had to solve that problem because it was bad for them and it was a bad business model for me. So I hired my first business coach in 2012 and we developed what I call the Access Legal Coaching Plan where I started helping small business owners as a team member to avoid these problems, to become proactive, basically make a paradigm shift of law firms are not emergency rooms, they're primary care. Come to us so that you can stay legally fit instead. Very quickly, some of our existing clients converted to that model where they would pay me a monthly fee for a bundle of services, which solved a great problem for me because now I had consistent cash flow. Problem for them is that they're now on the same page as their lawyer and liked talking to their lawyer because they would have to worry about getting billed for every second. And suddenly, we had a whole new business segment that has now taken over the firm and where litigation was 90% of what we do Now it's 10% and I now spend most of my time coaching small businesses on the legal aspects of their business and then training other people here at the firm to do that also. And then we also do business coaching, you know, marketing, sales, all that stuff too. And along the way, ran into the Ziegler family and became the official small business lawyer for Zig Ziegler's company and picked up the moniker America's Legal Coach.
1: Wow, well, I've been doing this podcasting now for probably a little over two years. I don't think I've ever received such a full conclusive response comprehensive response to the question of introduce yourself personally and professionally. I mean, you literally took yourself from the beginning down to the very end. And I found so many aspects of what you just said extremely fascinating. And like I mentioned before the show, it's ironic that I literally just got off a podcast with a different company that doesn't do the same thing, but it's the same concept. Right. And I'll tell you again, I guess this is going to be confusing now that I have two podcasts where they're going to overlap I guess that's because I'm a person and both parts are important to me. So from the nursing home podcast, we were just discussing specific to the world of nursing homes, but this is so true in any industry that the business person is petrified of the legal person because of what you mentioned. Every time, you know, I have friends who are lawyers and if I ask them anything, even in a social setting, I'm like, I got to keep this under (laughs) seven minutes. I don't want it to be on the clock. (laughs) Right? It's going to ruin our relationship. And, you know, I, maybe I would hire somebody else. But the point is that because of that, we don't go and we don't seek out legal advice until, like you said, it's the emergency room. That's such a great way of explaining it. When we have a serious lawsuit on our hands, tens, maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. And our entire business, our entire career is on the line. Extremely stressful situations, which can drag out forever and cost a ridiculous amount of money in which at the end of the day, even when you win for us, we feel like you lost for us because we lost all that money. Even though, as you correctly pointed out, the reason why it escalated so far is because we didn't confront our anxiety and fear of the legal Uh, system and those who practice law and as a result you know we kind of dug our own grave we made our own bed or whatever euphemism you want to use right now we have to deal with it and the way we deal with it if you come into emergency room and someone's body is torso severed in half yeah it might be a little bit of a complicated procedure to put that person back together and they may not be on the golf course or on the basketball court you know the next morning so and they'll pay a whole lot of
0: money to get that result
1: exactly but I think that it's nothing short of genius by putting it on a subscription basis, which A, it's defined. This is the number. And I assume, I'm speaking now as a small business owner myself, I assume people are not abusing the system to the point where it wouldn't be profitable. I'm sure you priced correctly. And pay just a peace of mind and knowing, oh, this is a legal question. Let me call Scott and he's going to tell me, or maybe there's someone in your team you know that would help. And you're going to tell me what I need to do so that I'm not concerned, you know, and it's really a phenomenal idea. I'll tell you myself, when I started out, my short version, I've been a nursing home administrator now for the last five or six years. I've recently put that on hold and started a marketing and online reputation management company for nursing homes and assisted living facilities, which kind of makes sense. I've always liked marketing. I love communication. The reason why I love doing this right now is communicating with people that I've never met before. And really try to dig in and see what pearls of wisdom we can pull out, which by you it's not difficult at all to share with the listeners. So when I was starting off, the last thing I wanted to deal with was LLCs and legal filings and legal agents and all this other insurances and all this, but I hit the ground running and I wanted all that stuff to go away right. and I should never have to deal with it. And, but at the same time, you know, when you start looking at phone numbers for people, And the hourly fees and all this, like, I can't do that. And that's kind of where companies like LegalZoom build their teams. But their disadvantages, you know, they tell you over and over, you're not talking to an attorney. You're talking, you know, we can't offer you legal advice. And they may have some other services that you can buy up for it. But then you feel like you're getting lost in this monstrosity. And you're not really so convinced that you're getting the quality of the advice that you need, especially when you're building your business around it. So if I'm understanding your business correctly, and I'll shut up and let you talk in a second. But if I'm saying it correctly, is that you're getting a regular real person attorney who's going to be providing you advice or perhaps as a team, and you could develop that relationship. And someone who actually knows your business, they're not just, you know, oh, I'm calling for my business. I want to know what to do to avoid this case. And there's someone, you hear them clicking away their computer, trying to you know with some pre filled advice, and that's again to give you something off the rack. So, I really love exactly what you've created. Am I understanding the business experience correctly for what your company does?
0: Yeah, that was a pretty good explanation. And there are other lawyers and firms that try to do this, but they generally are selling blocks of time and hoping you don't use them. We're kind of different in that we really want business owners to be proactive with the legal side of their business. So, we have a 20 minute check-in call with every client every month where we actually are asking them questions about what's going on so that we can try to make that focused time where they're actually thinking about the legal aspects of their business so that we can help them more. The better that we know them, the better, more comfortable they are with us that happens, then we can help them avoid those potholes. And so generally during the call, we have a a system we use where we're keeping track of all the discussions. So they have state notes, we're taking notes, there's a place for tasks and So we can track those and then they go into our support system with tickets. So there's a real comprehensive way to kind of track the questions and work so the clients know who has their project, who's working on it. And then they have the ability to text us, email us, or go straight to that support system so they know everyone on their what we call their access team. Right. So it's all about relationship for me. And so... Example is that you know as we're growing and I'm scaling this business, I don't have all the contact with every client. It just has to be that way.
1: Right. So that was my question: Is it just you who is the interacting direct with the clients from a legal perspective? Do you have other attorneys on your team? How does that all
0: work? Yeah, I have a team, and so we have other lawyers that deal with the clients as well. And so I still try to do a lot of the calls, but every once in a while, I'll need to be doing a podcast or maybe meeting with a new potential client. And so my associate will meet with them. And so I had a client I've had for three or four years, have a good relationship with them. I come in last week and have a message they want to talk to me. And I'm like, oh no, they're upset because I haven't been doing their stuff personally. I get on the call and that's going to be further from the truth. What they wanted to tell me was how much they were enjoying working with my associate. And then they wanted to just know how my kids are doing, what's going on with my family, because they missed... The relationship, we hadn't been able to catch up. And so that's the kind of thing that most lawyers can't say that their clients enjoy talking to them. And (laughs) I can, because there'll be times where that 20, 30-minute call has nothing to do with legal because that's not what's going on with them right then. They have other problems or there's something they want to talk about, and that's fine. We're there to support them as a trusted advisor, whatever that might be. And so the important thing is that they have confidence in us and in the relationship so that when they have that problem that arises... They can call us and know that they'll get what I call information at the right time, right? The key to success in business is having the right information at the right time. Got it. Example of that would be if you drove by my house this afternoon and called me and said, Hey, Scott, I was just driving by your street and there's smoke coming out of your roof. Is everything okay? I say, no, please go make sure my wife's out of the house, call the fire department. You do that. You save my house and family. Same thing happens. You drive by the house, see the smoke, and then you drive home and call me the next day and say, Hey, Scott, I saw smoke coming out of your roof. The information is the same. It's accurate. It's just too late. And so with business, business moves so fast today that as an entrepreneur, you need to be able to walk out of a meeting or off of a phone call or a Zoom call and pick up another communication line and say, I've got a decision to make. Here's the parameters. What do I do? And if you have to wait till tomorrow, it may be too late. And the truth is, if you don't already have a lawyer lined up, you're probably waiting until next week before you get in there. And then they have to decide, is this a good fit for us before they ever give you legal advice? And you have to pay them. And usually it's a large retainer, two $3,000. In my opinion, it's a broken model from the lawyer's standpoint and the client's standpoint. Most lawyers just haven't realized it yet. Okay, well, so
1: that's fascinating. The last piece, that you just everything was great. But specifically the last thing you just said,
0: Well, how are the attorneys losing out on this? Because they're missing out on the important part, which is the relationship. So they're building these really short-term relationships and then having this client churn where they're constantly having to find new clients to bill. Because if everything in your firm is built on the billable hour, then you're keeping track of, like you said, every six minutes of time so that you can then bill the client because that's your revenue generation scheme. Mm -hmm. Well, the clients only put up with that so long, and then they'll go find someone else that says they can do it it more efficiently. And then that ends up being wrong because no one's going to. It's just legal work on litigation for especially takes a long time. And if you're billing by the hour, subconsciously, you're always going to take a little longer than it probably has to because you get paid more. Even honest people are going to have a tendency to spend more time than they might have to if they're working on a profit model like as a business owner, right? Why do lawyers not have to figure out what does it cost to make and provide my service to the public and then charge just enough to make you know profit margin? Instead, they just keep billing until they make a profit. Got it. And I now have to come up with pricing models that really work in the real world so that I'm delivering legal services in a way that's profitable. And to me, that's a fair way to do it Billion by the hour, I'm not on your team. If I can determine either the rate or the time that I'm in control of that relationship and we're not on a level playing field.
1: So from a customer standpoint, obviously what you said is being on the same side of the table, the opposite end of the table. So, you know, I've had conversations as different parts of the organization where you feel like the attorney is working with you. And sometimes it's, you know, there are necessary evil and it's hard to figure out exactly whose team they're on. And because there's that, anxiety in the room because of the exorbitant rates that some of the attorneys or their companies are charging. It may not be the attorney themselves. That just makes the level of the conversation maybe too intense to be productive sometimes. I agree. But you said another point, and this is like really eye-opening from an attorney's perspective. So I assume if you have a Fortune 500 company and you have, you know, someone as an in-house attorneys for some of these companies, and they say that For them, if it's going to cost them $75,000 to verify certain particular information about a deal, they don't care. That cost is nothing. They're talking about a $700 million deal. So that's barely a line item. So yes, the fees are exorbitant. They do have a ton of resources. They're a world-class firm, and they've earned the right to charge what they charge. And in that type of environment, yes, so that's playing on that level. It may make sense. But most attorneys can't last so long in-house with those crazy hours. And if you're going to go out on your own or in a more regular firm, so then in order to be profitable, I'm kind of regurgitating what you're saying, but I think it's phenomenal. I live in Boston. I have friends here or in Harvard, and they come me out, and they're going through the same thing here. And you know, I'm talking to them, so what are you going to do with your life? And many of them are family people. And they had, you know, they're in their late 20s, early 30s, and they have kids at home and they know that they're signing away the next four, five, six, eight years of their life to crazy hours working for these massive companies, making good money, paying back their student loans, but they know that it's not sustainable and they're not sure what the next step will be, but they know based on statistics that this will lead to the next step. And that usually works. But what you're saying is a completely different model is that. Offer people to be their in-house person. That doesn't mean you can be spending 10 hours a week with each one of your clients because they don't need you every single month, every single day of every single month. They need to know that you're available and you'll pick up your phone when they need you within a reasonable amount of time and offer the information that you can give them real legal advice so that they can continue doing what they want to do. And they don't want to have to feel awkward. They don't want to think 10 times. They don't want to have to push it off in the morning when they see that the business is on fire because they're scared to call you and they're hoping that the problem will go away, they can actually address it in real time and not be concerned, oh, it's a legal issue. We'll reach out to Scott or his team. The model is really eye-opening. Are there other companies that are doing this that you're aware of?
0: Yeah, There are some others. I've masterminded with other lawyers that are doing it. They're doing it a little differently than I am. A lot of lawyers are pricing the service in a way where it's say $3,000 a month to be a part of their plan. Most entrepreneurs, that's out of their price range. Our packages Mm -hmm. started as little as $11 a day. So if you're making any profit in your business, there's a way to afford our plans. And so now I'm starting to teach other lawyers how to design this part of their business because something can be added on to Maybe you're doing just estate planning or bankruptcy work. You could add what I'm doing onto your practice and create a very nice revenue stream without adding any new staff because most of what I do is... We use technology. I could work from anywhere in the world and my clients would not have a clue where I am and I could be just as productive. Mm -hmm. So it's a very good lifestyle business and you're having really huge effect because small business, it's the engine of the economy and you're helping all of them make better decisions, and grow their businesses in a way, I like to say that they're growing profits that will last because they're not going to be taken away from them by predator creditors.
1: Wow, profits that will last. That is a great way. I mean, Zig Ziglar would be proud of that. Not selling you legal packages, right? You're working so hard to make those profits. I'm selling you profits that will last. That's beautiful. This show is the Love Your 9 to 5 show. The reason why we started the show is it was really a documentation of my personal journey and going from work that I despise and getting closer to work that's in tune with myself personally. And a lot of it has to do with this communication, which we're doing right now, which definitely lines into the new marketing company as well, which is a way of getting the business's message in a real way um, out to their potential clients in a way that resonates with them in a way that you just said, profits that will last, which is such an amazing way to do it. Now, you've been talking in this interview, in this conversation, at least the way I'm hearing it on two different paths on one of them is the actual business model and why it makes sense for attorneys to adopt this model or even like you said, to add it as an additional revenue stream. But then additionally, you keep on going back and you you kind of started with this also. You're saying there's a lack of fulfillment in the cutthroat high-level attorneys where all the books and movies are written about, where yes, you're making a lot of money, but you really don't feel like you're helping anyone. You feel like you're backstabbing people. Many times you're trying to find the, the legal loopholes to allow people to do certain things, or you don't feel that personal connection. You don't feel that there's somebody going to sleep better at night and feeling more relaxed and productive in their business or life because of what you're doing. Right. So if you had to define your why, and you sound like a very thought out person, I'm sorry if I'm judging you too much in this conversation, but it's probably because I literally, I barely had a time to read, to do my due diligence here. And I apologize for that. But if you don't mind sharing with the listeners what the journey has been like for you, going from the real cutthroat litigation world till here, not from the legal and business perspective, which I think we've covered so far, but more from the personal self-expression of your own unique light that you're shining to the world? Well, my blood
0: pressure is a lot lower. My weight's better. Those things are kind of nice. And I really kind of have been able to design my practice the way around what I want to do. And I get to pick who I want to work with. So I don't have to work with any business owner, I get to decide. And so everything just became, it was very quick. You know, In the first year, things changed very rapidly where suddenly I had this idea that I thought would work. I worked with a coach and we built it out and then I started selling it and people started actually agreeing with me that it was a better way. And then you know, I went from one to 10 and then to 20 and suddenly I'm spending most of my days doing Zoom calls with small business owners talking about, their business instead of talking to lawyers who are yelling at me on the phone, because in litigation, you aren't successful if you don't make someone mad every day. It's not literally true, but it's close. That's just kind of how litigation is. If you're not getting under someone's skin, you probably haven't done your job. And that, like you said, that really wears on you. And at the end of the day, you don't really maybe like kind of who you've become. I can remember when I was a young lawyer sitting in my office just chewing another lawyer out on the phone. My wife, had; she was a school teacher. She got out of school and for some reason walked into my office that afternoon while I'm on the phone. And I was really embarrassed at how I was acting because I kind of had these two different people, right? I'm this guy that's causing all this havoc at work, trying to make everyone miserable. And then I'm supposed to be this really good guy at home. And you can do that for a while. But At some point, it does carry over and kind of become that all the time to some point. And now that I'm more of a legal coach, it's a, I think I'm much more calm. I think I'm. I'm nicer? Am I perfect? No, I still am a lawyer. And so the lawyer jokes still apply to you? They do. All right. And law school kind of changes your personality a little bit, I think. But it's really been great. And now my why is to teach other lawyers how to build this lifestyle practice so they don't have to feel that way. Do I still want to help small business owners? Yes, I do. But I can go help people. There's a lot of lawyers out there that have multiple problems. Some of them don't know how to make money. They're just starving. People have this impression that all lawyers are making lots and lots of money. It's not true. It's really not. There's a lot of lawyers that are starving because law school doesn't teach you how to run a law practice, how to market, how to sell, and they don't know what to do. And so I'd like to be able to throw them a life raft and show them how they can actually help people and make money at the same time. And then there's lawyers, like you mentioned, that are in this rat race of these big law firms trying to make partner and then a bunch of them aren't going to make partner And then they're going to look back and go, now, what do I do? And I've got a path for them that will lower their blood pressure, let them get more healthy and have better relationships. And you can still make a lot of money. You don't have to charge $600 an hour. That's my hourly rate. And I always dare people to pay it. Why would you want to pay that? You don't have to, you can join my plan. Or if you really want to, I'll charge you $600 an hour. I have that much value to offer you. I just have a better way to package it. So no one pays me my hourly rate. Wow. Now,
1: what has been the response from other attorneys when you, you tell them what you're doing? Do they say you're crazy, you fell in your head? And I'll tell you why I'm asking, because the fact that you can charge $600 an hour, which is an absolutely outrageous rate for any profession, there must be a lot of ego attached to that, that I am a $600 an hour person. And now you want me to become like a Zoom software where you pay me a monthly fee, it kind of may feel like at least it takes away from the prestige. And I'm sure people will make a bad financial decision based on that, where even if at the end of the day in their bank account, they'll have less money or starving, like you said, but at $600, you know, you do $600 a week. That's not the greatest income going on there. But if you do $11 a day times 10, 20, 30, hundred people, you got a business going and you'll be making more money than $600 a an hour so I guess so my question is how have other attorneys have they been receptive to
0: this some have been receptive the ones that are have a little bit of entrepreneurial spirit have some understanding of business maybe they had a business background before lawyers that really are just purely litigators and that's all they've ever known yeah it's they're kind of resistant to it until they go start their own practice and walk in you know maybe they have some capital to start they get the few months, that capital is starting to drain. And now they're having to bill someone every month to cover their, not only pay their firm expenses, but to take money home and pay their mortgage and their light bill. When you don't know the first of the month where that's going to come from for about a year, it starts to wear on you. And with my method of the recurring revenue model, you don't have to worry about that anymore because you, I can get you very quickly to a baseline of, recurring revenue a month where you know, okay, I can pay my staff, I can pay my rent, and I can take money home and pay my bills. I might not make a lot of profit that month, but at least I know that I can cover the baselines. And then if I've got the right marketing systems in place, the right sales systems in place, and using marketing automation, I'll have a steady flow of leads that I can be converted into new clients. So it really becomes this annuity that just keeps growing, but you just have to get started. And most lawyers now are becoming more open to it. And I like to say, I'm probably one of the best kept secrets because I think most lawyers in my county of 400,000 plus people, I don't know, there's probably 30,000 lawyers. They don't know what I do. Most of them have no clue. They know they haven't seen me in the courthouse anymore. and They wonder why. Well, but they're not targets of my ads, right? So they're not seeing all my Facebook ads. And so they just kind of wonder what I'm doing. And as we're starting to offer our mastermind for lawyers, they're going to start seeing that there's a different way to practice. And the ones that are having difficulty paying their bills every month, are going to become very interested
1: in it. Wow. So that was my next question. That's the communication part of me that's asking that you have the secret. That means that right now, I don't know what, you just threw out a lot of numbers at me. There's definitely many, many attorneys that are well-qualified, experienced, and are still struggling to pay their bills because they didn't make partner and now they're on their own or, They're trying to, you know, be consultants and one-off gigs and all this stuff. At the end of the day, they don't have any consistent income. It's not something that they can come to their, you know, social circle and announce because you're the attorney. You're the professional. here, You're the one who makes all the money. So that just adds to the problem. And you have a real solution to these people. And that's a problem that hurts to the core, because it touches their finances, it touches their ego, it touches their business. And you have a, a very, very real solution of doing what you do. now you mentioned something very important that you obviously do have an entrepreneurial spirit even before, remind me again, what did you do before law school?
0: I had an independent agency that sold phone systems for a telecom.
1: All right, right, you did your phone systems, right. So you have a sales and business background. And so you, you get business, you've done the hard work, you've gone you know, door to door, phone to phone, or however you did your sales. You know what people are, they're not just the invoice number, they're real people and you can connect to people, which has allowed you to see the success uh, that you're seeing, but at the same time, Many attorneys are attorneys because they like to be, you know, paper pushers or like you described before the yelling on the phone, you know, some people are maybe don't have the best character traits, which can be expressed in somewhat of a productive way when you're yelling at the other company's attorneys, if that's what you're paid to do. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to setting up a business model and managing a staff and attracting and retaining clients and pricing it appropriately, like you said, not $3,000 a month. And really genuinely understanding your clients. I think I'm just from this conversation. To me, it sounds like that's from one of your biggest strengths. And again, I don't know you professionally. I hope not to need your services, but we can talk about that another time. But I think you generally understand the small business owner's mindset. And you understand that you're charging them a monthly fee. I'm sure there's many months when your clients, besides your 20-minute checking phone calls, that they have zero interaction. And you could go to sleep comfortable knowing that they got the full value even if they don't talk to you at all, and I sound like I'm marketing for you, but I really believe in what you're doing because knowing that they have a real attorney that knows their name and knows who they are. Now, again, as you grow, this is a, it already is a struggle for you, right. but, and that's something that I'm sure you're going to address that you're already addressing, but that itself is a, is a tremendous value and you don't need to have to, you know, people don't get sued every single month. People don't form companies every single month. It's consistent you could feel good that they're staying on as clients for a year, five years, 10 years. It's over time. It's consistent value that's being delivered without you having to service them, so to speak, every single day or every single week. And you, you know, you have your assistant to ensure that you're checking in. So, I mean, the business model is like win, win, win from everybody's standpoint. As long as I think the two caveats from the attorney's standpoint is that they need to have the humility to not charge that $600 an hour fee. And B, they need to have the business sense to be able to set up a company. And like you mentioned, obviously, you understand. I would love to have a whole separate conversation just how you do your, your Facebook marketing and your targeting and all of this stuff. It can't be something that's annoying for them ask for something that they embrace wholeheartedly because that's how they're going to find their target clients or be honest and recognize that they don't have that skill and hire somebody that does. It doesn't matter who it is. That's right. Not everyone is Scott Reeb. So someone else, let's say Shmuel Septimus was an attorney and he didn't know, like, or care about Facebook. And that's just for cat videos and whatever it is. And doesn't realize that that's where people are. It doesn't matter what people are interested in. But if that's where the people are then and they're your clients and that's where they engage, you better be there. And if it's Facebook goes away tomorrow and it's called something else, then you better be in that place. And there are other places, as I'm sure you know already. I think those are the two key points. It's having the humility to be able to restructure the pricing appropriately and, you know, to recreate the structure in a way that you're doing it. And it's not scammy, you know, like sometimes, you know, you have other either a software you need one time and you end up signing up for it and you forget about it because it's you know insignificant on your credit card bill or some other service that's recurring, you can feel comfortable that you're providing service every single month regardless of the interaction that you have with your clients and they'll be happy about it. You have an awesome product. Now, the other thing is that on top of that is that saving attorneys from their struggle, I mean, it seems like that's something that's starting up with you. So you have a program I have a friend who's an attorney who's dying on the vine and starting campaign's bills. Can I tell them to reach out to you? Can
0: I tell them to reach out to me? We're actually launching a mastermind that will start in August just for those lawyers.
1: So it's important for you to realize that for you, it might come naturally. So, you know, both of these things, But many lawyers are not like that. And this is not limited to lawyers. I mean, having interviewed many professionals across a whole spectrum of industries, to simplify it, I put people into two categories. And of course, there's a broad spectrum and a range in both of them. But some people, I think the way that you think, and I would like to put myself in that category too, and they are business minded and they see the full picture and they may have a particular skill set, experience, licensing, credentialing in a particular field at the end of the day, they see the entire picture. And for many of those people, it's uncomfortable to do the same repetitive task, no matter how much it's paying. Even if you're an open heart surgeon, you could be the most expensive attorney and that you can command the fee that's, you know, that far exceeds $600 an hour. But you may not know the first thing about business. And when that dries up, like you said, you might may, you may actually be starving. Now, I've had people who've worked for me in the nursing home world, and they've been exceptional at what they do. And I used to try and say, why don't you try and get to the next level and eventually you can go here and eventually you can go even further and own your company and, you know, live life on your own terms. And they're like, no, I'm perfectly happy here. I make this amount of money. It's enough to support my lifestyle. I go home. I forget about work until I come the next day and I get my vacation days and everything that works for me. That's one category of people. And attorneys are the same thing. They're not different than any other industry where some people just want to be on that payroll. They want to grow and they want to make partner and all that. But at the end of the day, they're company people. And then there are other people, without sounding derogatory, I refer to them sometimes as pawns. They want to be a pawn in someone else's game. And that person who's you know the king or the queen, so to speak, is making the bigger decisions you know, on the game. My job is to keep on doing what I was hired to do. Then you have the business people. So the point is that there, I'm sure there are attorneys that are pawns, exceptionally talented pawns. But at the end of the day, when they don't make partner and they're going out on their own, they're dying on the vine and starving and they can gain tremendously from this. But if you can leave us here with what you think, again, you have quite a variety. You know, even before that, I wanted to ask you more questions. Are you OK with that? OK, sure. OK, question number one was, did you ever sue the company that fired you? No. <laughs> okay did you ever thank them for introducing you to the legal career
0: no i haven't they're very big and i met with a lawyer i had there was someone willing to meet with me to explain to me all the things i'd done that where i'd messed up and that even if i had a winning case it would cost too much to fight that company. So it was a major lesson for me. And like you said, I probably should write them a thank you letter, but I actually did not pay them money for wireless service. So I guess that could be my thank you. But it was a horrible experience at the time, but in the end, it kind of started my entrepreneurial journey. It's not been a straight path, but it's been a good path.
1: It's never a straight path. The second question is, you know, we mentioned this a couple of times already. How did you get involved in the Zig Ziglar company?
0: Like, how did that happen? Oh, wow. Yeah. So I created the access plan and was trying to figure out who to sell it to. And one of the niches that I was really interested in was, were speakers, trainers, and coaches. Because trainers and coaches were... Their whole life is about helping people. Right? They're positive people. They're fun to be around. If I gonna have to work, I'd rather be around those people. And then if I'm helping them, then my effect is exponential because I'm helping them and then they're helping hundreds and thousands of people. So I actually hired another coach to help me learn how to do that. And through that experience, I had a homework assignment of go to a live event and then come back to the mastermind group and explain kind of what you observed and we would all take notes. So I get back to Texas from the meeting that was in Atlanta and most of the people are going to the west coast of things. I did not want to fly to the west coast. So I'm like, who's in Texas? Only name I knew was Zig. And so I used Google, found a Ziegler Born to Win event, and it was actually in Houston. So I got on a Southwest jet, flew to Houston on a Tuesday night, woke up went into the event that morning in the big room and was just amazed at the information. I was just there to observe. And when Tom Ziegler got up and talked, all the content and things he was talking about were amazing. And then his partner, Howard Partridge, got up and did his part. And then at lunchtime, we were coming out in the middle of nowhere. I was talking to the hotel lobby, to the person at the desk about where do I go for lunch? And she said, well, there's really nothing walking distance. And Howard Partridge at that time, Walks up behind me and says, hey, boss, do you, do you need a ride to lunch? And I said, well, that'd be great. And he goes, well, come with me and I'll take you lunch. We're going to meet some people that are in my coaching group. So I get in his car and we drive there. And on the way back, he says, how are you getting to the airport tonight? And I said, well, I have a, the card for the guy that brought me here in the cab. I'll just call him. And he said, no, Tom will take you. And I'm like, Tom who? And he said, Tom Ziegler. And I said, okay. So we get back to the hotel and Tom walks by and he says, Hey Tom, you need to take Scott to the airport today at the end of the session. And he goes, that's great. I'm done at 345 and then I'm walking out. So I went and got my suitcase, put it in the back of the room. Tom finished his deal up before we were done. I'd signed up for their coaching program and We walked out the door, got in his rental car, and we're stuck in Houston traffic for an hour and 45 minutes. I'm riding around with the proud son of Zig Ziglar. It was a surreal experience. Like we talked about before the show, is he Zig? No, but he is his son. And it was incredible. And we pull up to Hobby Airport. We both get on different planes and then we get back to Dallas. There's another event in Dallas the week later. I can't be at the whole thing because I had a prior engagement that morning, but I drive 30 miles down there walk in just before lunch and get to meet a bunch of the Ziegler team at that point in Dallas. And one of them starts asking me, what do you do? I told him about the access plan and he's like, Oh, we need this. I'm like, great. He goes, well, you just need to tell Tom about it. I go, well, kind of told Tom about it in the car. And he goes, well, I'll set up a lunch. So this was in September of 13 by November of 13, I was having lunch with Tom Ziegler. Who's, you know, so the Ziegler's they're all about, sales Mm -hmm. so they're the sales gurus so we sit down at lunch that must be pretty scary to present to them i'm like i've got my sales presentation with me could i just present it to you and you just give me some feedback (laughs) and so i go through my presentation and i get done with it and i say is there any reason that you wouldn't do business with me today awesome well no give me a proposal (laughs) so (laughs) i gave him an alternative clothes that he couldn't refuse and they've been access clients ever since that is awesome and then now i speak on stages for them around the country
1: wow Wow, that is such an awesome, awesome story. Is there any reason why you wouldn't move forward with me today? That is awesome. Well, you you have a lot to be proud of. You have a very exciting career. And I definitely look forward to watching it, how it develops further. You have a lot of innovative yet simple approaches, which usually those are the things that work, you know, it's too complex. You can't explain it to a two-year-old. Right. If my kids don't understand it, they're very open and they have no filter, but they're usually very good at telling me if my next business idea is a good one or a bad one. Mm -hmm. Just the very fact that I'm presenting to them sometimes gets them wary, like, where is he going next? (laughs) Won't he just pick something and stick to it? Anyway, the point is, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. I really appreciate you taking some time out of your schedule. I certainly hope I'm not going to get a $600 bill for this conversation. (laughs) Uh, At this point, uh, that would not be something that is healthy for my business. But can you give us, if the listeners want to engage with you further, or if they want to hear some more about either the Mastermind Program for Attorneys, or what you mentioned, America's Legal Coach for Small Business Owners, Where can they go to get more information?
0: The best place is going to go to r e i b l a w R-E-I-B-L-A-W.com forward slash nine to five. And we have a special page set up just for your listeners. And they'll have the ability to go back to your show if they want to with a button there. And then we're offering my five proven strategies to shatterproof your business ebook. They can get that if they'll click a button that can download that for free. And then we'd also like to offer your listeners a free 15-minute strategy session with one of our legal coaches. Awesome,
1: awesome. And they can access all of that from that page. Yes, sir. Okay, excellent. We'll definitely put a link to that in the episode show notes. That is actually a very generous offer. I very much appreciate it. I think the only way you can make such an offer knowing that people will take you up on it, and I'm gonna encourage them to take you up on it. I think you have so much to offer. Any small business owner, I think it's really that mind shift from being, I'm a $600 an hour employee, so I'm going to empower small business owners. And it's going to come back to you in a big way, like you quantified before. Thank you so much, Scott, for coming on the show. You're welcome. This has been, I would have to say from my more memorable and enjoyable interview episodes. And that's coming back to back from another episode that was awesome. So that says a lot. Great. Thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Love Your 9 to 5 show. We hope that you've enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we've enjoyed recording this episode. Please head on over to iTunes and leave us a great review so you can let others know about this wonderful Love Your 9 to 5 show. Make sure to Walden you there to subscribe and ensure that you never miss another episode of the Love Your 9 to 5 show. Again, Head on over to iTunes, leave us a wonderful review, letting the world know to listen to the Love Your 9 to 5 show and subscribe to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Thank you so much for listening, for allowing me to come through on your earbuds and looking forward to bringing you more awesome content in the very near future.